Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy. Brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In today's episode, we discuss a detectable shift in the role that China is playing in the commodity markets. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and joining me is our chief analyst, Robin Barr. So, Robin, what do you have for us today? Thanks, Christian. In several episodes of this podcast, we have discussed China and its impact on commodity markets. It's a country that accounts for a significant share of global consumption of industrial commodities, with a share over 50% in the case of aluminum, copper, nickel, iron ore, and coal. But today, I want to share some analysis that suggests that the dynamic we've seen with China over the last 20 years might be changing. Aha! The old, this time might be different routine. Yes, why not? Five immortal words that I'm sure you have heard many times before, Hmm. only for hopes to be dashed. But let's take a look at the current situation. China's growth is moderating as the focus of the 14th five-year plan is on high-quality development supported by innovation and environmental targets. Traditional infrastructure spending will continue to grow, but at a slower pace. Innovation to manufacturing and new infrastructure is short to benefit base metals, but maybe the intensity of metals usage won't match that of the last commodity supercycle. Well, that's interesting. Why is that? China's growth is slowing due to an aging population, a high debt load, lower productivity and increasing international tensions. And these things will likely keep growth below the levels of the past 15 years. On a quarter-on-quarter basis, the Chinese economy expanded by 0.6%, according to the National Bureau of Statistics, well below expectations, well short of the expected 1.5%, and even compared to the uh, the previous reading of 3.2%. Although the overall first quarter growth was driven by production, more recent data suggests that services are taking over while production growth is slowing. The expectation is that the recovery will lose steam as the initial pent-up demand dies out and because policy support is being scaled back. Many observers state that China is in its late industrialization, urbanization phase and has highlighted in its 14th five-year plan, the long-term focus will shift from fixed asset investments into high-tech, artificial intelligence and green initiatives with a lower steel intensity per unit of GDP. China aims to peak its greenhouse gas emissions in 2030 and become carbon neutral by 2060. The steel sector, which contributes around about 8 to 10% of carbon dioxide emissions, is becoming a prime target for decarbonisation. The same could be said for the non-ferrous metals, particularly energy-intensive aluminum. But the green transition should mean the likes of copper, nickel, cobalt and lithium are clear winners. 
Hmm. You seem to be making a rather stark contrast between what's happening in China whilst the rest of the world is uh, embarking upon economic recovery in the wake of the pandemic. Yes, um, we can say that any weakness in China could be mitigated by strong growth in the U.S. as President Biden's proposed 2.25 trillion infrastructure plan should see demand for industrial metals such as copper, aluminum, zinc and nickel rise strongly. President Biden spelt out the details of a 1.8 trillion American families plan package, which will sit alongside a 2.3 trillion infrastructure package. This is in addition to the 1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package passed earlier this year and a 900 billion dollar stimulus bill passed under the Trump administration. And so collectively, $7 trillion worth of either approved or proposed spending, and this is over 10 years, is being front-loaded into the U.S. economy. This amounts to a third of total GDP, which totals $21 trillion. For the first time in two decades, the U.S. economy seems likely to grow faster and contribute more to global growth this year than China's. My goodness, that's quite a shift. So how is the U.S. shaping up against China currently? Well, U.S. economic growth received the boost in the first three months of this year from the massive fiscal stimulus that has fueled consumer spending, as well as looser lockdown restrictions, bringing output close to pre-pandemic levels. GDP advanced 6.4% on an annualized basis in the first quarter, and 1.6% compared with the previous quarter, according to uh, data released by the Commerce Department. This marked the quickest Q1 growth since 1984, so going gangbusters. The aforementioned stimulus packages that are going to add $7 trillion to the economy should see the US outpace China for the first time in 45 years. According to World Bank data, the US last surpassed China's growth rate in 1976, with annual GDP growth of 5.4%, compared with China's only 1.6%. My goodness, the future is sounding awfully bright, Robin. <laughs> True, um, it definitely has. And uh, to add to the um, to these comments, global commodity trading house Trafigura said that capacity utilization rates of its customers are the highest in a decade and the infrastructure stimulus money both in Europe and the US has not even started to flow yet. The US and Europe becoming significant factors in the consumption of copper for the first time in decades before it's effectively been a China only story but that appears to be changing fast. So for The first time in several years, we have a synchronized global recovery with all major economies contributing. That's got to be bullish for metals. One of our favorite expressions here at The Forward Curve is, the only constant in life is change. And if there's one thing that is certain in the world of macroeconomics, it is just that. As the world embarks upon economic recovery, there will be lots of opportunities for investors to capitalize on the horse races of day-to-day market moves, driven by government and corporate policy moves, public sentiment, and yet-to-happen exogenous events. That said, there's also a long game to be cognizant of, a marathon, if you will, 
And it is our humble opinion here at the Forward Curve that understanding the goals of that race for all the participants involved is probably the real key to being prepared for the economic future. I want to thank Robin for joining me today, and I also want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Christian Clavidenter, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember, always keep an eye and ear on The Forward Curve.